Hello and welcome to Amnesty International's In A Nutshell podcast. This is the first of three mini-episodes focusing on transgender issues. We spoke to people in the transgender community and let them tell us their stories in their own words. In this first episode, we look at how transgender people are represented in the media. It was a national newspaper that was ready to run on the Monday. Their headlines were disgusting. It was their first edition. When they saw how the rest of the country went, they actually had to pull their headlines and rechange their front page. The hurt and pain that's caused by major publications that turn around and use terms like sex swap. And I have done battle ceaselessly over the last few years with the Press Complaints Commission. It was like I woke up from my coma in the 1970s and I was reading headlines from 40 years ago. Gender is not sexuality. We need to get the press to use the right terminology. Over the past couple of years, there's been a snowballing of trans stories in the mainstream media and popular culture, in newspapers, magazines and on TV. But has an increased quantity of representation in the media seen an increase in the quality and fairness of this representation? We began our journey with a trip to Cambridge to meet Dr. Kate Stone. My name is Dr. Kate Stone and I run a technology company here in Cambridge called Novalia. And what we do is we bring pieces of paper to life. <laughs> I should probably say what I'm seeing here, which is Kate DJing off, uh, off, a, off a piece of card. The inlay to the, to the album sleeve. She's just hitting the paper and they work like decks. <laughs> That's incredible. Some days I wake up and think I'm Westwood. <laughs> Dr. Kate Stone and her team have created a unique piece of tech that takes flat 2D print and brings it to life through touch and sound. For example, a picture of a piano becomes a piano. It's my notebook, so it's my sort of like regular A5 black type notebook, but we've hacked it. Do you know why notebooks are called notes? No. Because they play notes. I can't actually play, I just press the buttons as if I can. <laughs> um. The technology can be applied in a large range of ways, from record sleeves, all the way to a poster in a doctor's waiting room. Milestone when I can go for a run and not need to use my inhaler. To me, it's a great day. You can hear her breathing. How can you write or draw someone breathing? And that's that person breathing. After a tour of her workplace, we continued our conversation sat in a hammock in her office garden. So, my first question is when did you first feel that your body didn't reflect your gender? Do you know what? I just find that just really boring. <laughs> it's so boring. <laughs> Why do you find that boring? Oh, I just heard people say that stuff a million times. It's just so right. boring. Is it boring because you've had to exp you feel like no, you've had to explain even. it a lot of times? I've heard other people say this the stuff a million times. It's right. in a million magazines and newspapers yeah, and yeah. stories and it's like, this is the story of a transgender person. When did you first feel that your body didn't fit who you are? And and questions like 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 that about being transgender and, and, all, and all of similar such questions, that becomes the dialogue. Yeah. That is what defines someone like me. 
Kate's reaction to my first question made me suddenly very aware that my own questions were already defining the way we were presenting her story. That is what is in people's minds of someone who there's very different things happen to. Yeah. So they're a very different person to me. Yeah. So they can't possibly relate to me. And hear this poor, where is me, pity story. And that is what it's like being trans. It's like, actually, no. Um, I live an amazing life. I have incredible, incredible friends, travel the world, get to go on stage and speak about what I do, about what I make. And the reactions I get from people aren't, oh, I'm sorry to hear your story or whatever. It's like, wow, what you're working on is so inspiring. I really want to be involved with what you do and who you are. And I want to do things that inspire anybody from any walk of life. My job is to be the most amazing version of me and to inspire anyone else to try and be the most amazing version of them. I spoke at TED. It meant a lot to me because they were interested in who I am, what I do. They were interested in my story. Not a single word was about being transgender. When I yeah. talk about being a child, it was like, when did I first discover I was into electronics and making my bedroom interactive? When did I first discover the, the need to connect the creative person inside me and the science person inside of me? Because the loudest way that I can say that yeah. being transgender is boring and irrelevant and is nothing to do with my life, the loudest way I can say that is silence. One of the reasons I wanted to speak to Kate was because of her own unexpected run-in with the media. So I was on an unlit road in a forest, total darkness, and just suddenly there was just a massive thud. And I remember a second thud, and then the next thing I was laying on the forest floor with my neck slit open like a character out of Game of Thrones, thinking, okay, you're not gonna get out of this one, I'm gonna die. When Kate suffered a near-fatal attack by a stag in the Scottish Highlands, she suddenly found herself in the headlines. I find this really difficult to say, I'm gonna say it though. To read a headline when you're in a hospital that says, sex swap scientist gored by stag, is really, really shocking. To be bullied just because I had an accident, when I've spent, you know, most of the last few years being reasonably visible, you know, it's like on the stage giving talks, like, in the local newspapers, the front page of a local business paper. Okay, not quite done Vanity Fair, but you know, <laughs> I, a couple of years ago, um, I was on the cover of New Electronics magazine. <laughs> you know, so it's not a big deal, but to have been living my life where I'm not hiding away, I'm not ashamed of anything of who I am, but to be to suddenly be thrown on the front page of a newspaper be sensationalized because I happen to be transgender. It's like, I'm so over that. What they did to me was they sensationalized a line, sensationalized my story through a line to grab attention. I was so shocked that that was of any relevance or news at all. Just so, so utterly shocked. I mean, to me, it was like I woke up from my coma in the 1970s and I was reading, you know, headlines from 40 years ago. I connected with the newspapers. If I'm to have the opinion that all these journalists are a bunch of whatever <laughs> and they're horrible and I shouldn't talk to them and, you know, all they want to do is sensationalise things to, to get a story, 
that is a bigoted point of view that makes me into a bigot and and so i need to be open to understand them because in doing so they will understand me i don't think people do things for evil reasons yeah. i think people do things for reasons because they just don't have enough experience or are not well informed enough and have not connected enough so i lay in hospital and i thought about this my goal was very clear my goal was to reduce the chances of this happening to anybody else. That was my goal. No money, no getting anyone fired, just reduce the chances of this happening again by shifting the view of the press and the public. So to the both of them feel this is less acceptable than it was when I started out. And I found some wonderful people that helped me craft some of my letters that I wrote and the press complaints were an absolute delight to work with. Kate began a dialogue with the publications, journalists and editors responsible, pointing out the references they made to her gender and personal life were not relevant to the story, and that language such as sex swap was both inappropriate and offensive. And the reaction from the Sun Ombudsman was, first off, just want to say, so glad to hear you're well, and secondly, really like the attitude in your letter. We normally receive angry letters demanding things and we just want to thank you for your approach, for being so positive. Instead of trying to destroy the system, I've become part of the system. Kate now acts as an advisor to journalists and has joined the Editor's Code of Practice Committee who write and review the conduct of the press. I get calls from some of the newspapers for me to help them with some of the language that they're using about other people because they really don't want to do it again. I think it, these things come about through ignorance. Kate's work with the press didn't come without a cost. The irony in campaigning for privacy is that it shines a spotlight on your personal life. The real tough one though was the price. I decided that the price I would pay is my privacy because this is something I would never normally talk about because it reinforces a stereotype that I don't believe in. I'm, you know, my mission is just to be myself. That's the story I need to tell and I've been thrown into this world where I have to be very public and go on television and talk about it, go on the radio and talk about it. It's like, I don't want to, but I have to pay that price to help achieve that goal. Someone tried to write a Wikipedia entry for me and then the Wikipedia community quickly gathered around and struck it down as being on the basis that I was non-notable. I wasn't offended, I just found it quite funny because I think the goal of a transgender person is to become not notable. <laughs> it's like, I think I've made it now. It's success. <laughs> success, I'm not on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> To see Dr. Kate Stone's work, check out her updates on Twitter using the handle at Dr. Kate Stone. Next, we spoke to artist, filmmaker, and trans activist Fox Fisher. We're sat in his garden in Brighton, so if you can hear the odd seagull in the background, that's why. Because Fox works in the media, I wanted to get his take on how transgender stories are represented. 
In the past four years or so, perceptions in the media has dramatically changed. You know, things have really, really shifted. I think there's a number of reasons for that, with people like Caitlyn Jenner coming out recently, people like Laverne Cox being in Orange is the New Black, uh, a program called Transparent. On a personal note, Transparent is one of my favorite TV shows. It's an honest, moving, and incredibly funny exploration of gender and identity. You should watch it. Programs like that, I think, have really made a, a huge difference, and it's about trans people being in the public eye, being in public consciousness. If you think about Coronation Street and, and Hayley Cropper, who was mm -hmm. in that, and Julia, the actress, she was very, very proud to have played a trans woman in that for so long. And when I met her, she actually apologized for not being trans herself. And I was like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, you know, um, she did such a great job back in the day. So I think that the trans awareness has been around, you know, I think people have been making changes for a while. Like Kate Stone, Fox works with the media to ensure that they report transgender stories in the correct way. We've kept a close eye on the articles that have been coming out in the newspapers, the tabloids. There's an entity called Transmedia Watch, and that's what their role is to do. There's also an organization called All About Trans, and I've been working with All About Trans for the past three years to talk directly to the movers and shakers, the gatekeepers, to try and make a difference. And it seems to be actually making changes, but. You know, at the Sun newspaper, I've gone and chatted to people, the Daily Mail, Channel 4, BBC, and it's so simple, but just by talking to these people who are the gatekeepers, they finally understand, you know, what it's like to be trans and that it's a very normal thing, actually, and that we just want to, you know, live a day-to-day -day life. Coming up next, Barry from Amnesty speaks to attendees at the Sparkle Festival in Manchester. Sparkle calls itself the National Transgender Celebration with the tagline, Support Trans, Love Trans, Be You. Hi, my name's Berry Cochran and I work for Amnesty International. We've just arrived in Manchester for the Sparkle Festival. Berry spoke to Tony Cooper, Sparkle's press and marketing officer. Sparkle is the National Transgender Charity, so we have a celebration every year. This is our 11th year, the 10th year in the park. We're expecting four and a half, five thousand people. What's the key message this year? This year, it's about getting the message out that, you know, trans isn't a choice. Transphobia really is a choice. Educate yourself. That's what, what it's all about. Our other key message is don't guess my gender. Just ask my name. You know, people <laughs> want to know your name. You know, so don't, don't try and guess. Gender is not sexuality. So we need to get those messages out. So what, in your opinion, are the most challenging obstacles faced by transgender individuals? National press is the first one. It's not a sex change. It is not a sex change. We need to get the press to use the right terminology. I thought I'd leap in here with a quick word about correct language and pronouns, as it's something that people brought up with us again and again. The general advice from Transmedia Watch and other similar advisory groups is pretty simple. If someone presents themselves as female, use the pronoun she. If someone presents themselves as male, use he. And if you're confused, just ask the person you're speaking to. We have to turn around and correct people in, in all communities when they misgender people. The damage that's caused to, to trans people when they're misgendered is horrendous. The hurt and pain that's caused by major publications that turn around and use terms like sex swap those are the things that we need to change. They're the biggest challenges. Once we get people to stop misgendering, once we get the national press to stop using the phrase sex swap, we're on the road. We're on the road. We're getting there, slowly. With that in mind, we caught up with boxing promoter and manager 
Kelly Maloney. I think progress has been made, but it's it's still not 100. We are where the gay community was about 25 years ago. I was very, um, how can I say this? I was very much in wanting to control what was said about me. That's why I took legal action against a, a couple of national newspapers, because I'd read what they had done before, I'd seen what they'd done before. One of our national newspapers showed a 72-year-old transsexual in stockings, suspenders and a bass. Please tell me what 70-year-old woman would ever appear like that in a newspaper. They were saying it was the greatest moment of her life. It wasn't. It was ridiculing her and it was ridiculing other people. So I was adamant that, that I was going to control my own release and with a good legal team and because of my experience in the PR I was able to have editorial control, headline control, picture control and the right terminology was used throughout the whole thing. So, um, and I do think that has sort of changed the British media. It has sort of changed. I'm not going to say what national newspaper, but there was a national newspaper that was ready to run on the Monday. Their headlines were disgusting. It was their first edition. When they saw how the rest of the country went, they actually had to pull their headlines and rechange their, their front page. Armed with the same question about media representation, we spoke to some of the other festival goers. Well, my name's Sophie Wood, and I'm secretary of the National Trans Police Association. And I have done battle ceaselessly over the last few years with the Press Complaints Commission. We as an organisation have had some really harsh articles written about us by the kind of Mirror Group and also the, the people in the Daily Mail. And some of our members, some of our officers have been kind of outed uh, by the press against, against their wishes and then been, been hounded. So I think that has been commonplace, probably going up to about 18 months ago. The mainstream media are starting to back off a bit because of the kind of celebrity trans kind of role models. I'm Susha Caitlin O'Shea and this is my first year at Sparkle. I think people are more aware of transgenderism partly because of the media stuff surrounding people like Caitlin Jenner and also Kelly Maloney but again the media view of what we're like is nothing like what reality is. There's very little attempt by the media to really try and portray us properly or make any attempt to be to understand us. At best we get a lazy stereotype which is vaguely sympathetic but they just want to put us up in some sort of stereotype. I'm Jane Owen, I'm a trustee of Sparkle. What irritates me and what irritates most trans people is they tend, some of those sections of the media tend to print a story but they want to talk about somebody's past well I don't think that's anybody's business to be quite honest with you and I don't see why that is relevant but the way they glamorize people's past and sensationalize it that's got to stop they've got to sort of they've got to the media have got to grasp that being trans is it, it's hard to come out to say I'm trans it's hard to deal with it because you can have a lot of family issues you can have a lot of personal issues it's not as it's not as easy sometimes probably as the media like to make out and sensationalize I'm Sam, I am a youth worker for a trans youth group for 14 to 19 year old trans young people. 
I think there are two main stereotypes that people have. Number one, they always stereotype it as a, a man in a dress type thing. So actually, they, they often think of a transvestite um, rather than kind of this wide collective of trans people. And I think secondly, trans people are often the butt of jokes, often jokes about how disgusting they are or something like that. You can still see on lots of cartoons and comedies today that people go, oh, transvestite, hilarious, ha ha ha. Or they'll, they'll kind of make a joke about somebody being picked up at a, a bar or a club by somebody who's transgender um, and accidentally being gay or something like that. I think that's, uh, that's often the interpretation you see. My name's Dawn Wyvern. I'm a nurse practitioner and I'm transgender. We've had quite a few people who have been outed by the media, which hasn't been very well done. A few colleagues have, have actually committed suicide over this. One of them was a, a teacher recently who was outed by the press and hounded, want of a better word, so much so that she took her life. So what you're dealing with is something very, very, very emotional, very difficult to deal with personally. Then it gets broadcasted and giving negative press, which is bound to be detrimental to the individual. My name's Damon Limer and this is the first time at Sparkle. To be honest, I think it's largely quite negative, even when they're supposedly attempting to show people in a positive light. They're not actually doing that because they sensationalise. I think if they followed uh, just your average Joe blogs who, who was just going about a normal life like me, I, I'm a dental nurse, I've always been a dental nurse, I'm not anything special, I don't do anything out of the ordinary. You wouldn't know if I walked down the street probably that I'm even transgender. If they actually investigated the reasons why people change, then the general public would have a totally different perception. My name's Finley. This is my um, first time at Sparkle this year. I'm really excited. I've worked with the media myself and it takes a lot of work to try and educate them around using the correct words and not using shock headlines. You still see sex change, sex swap happening in the media. And this isn't sex change. I've always been male. I've just changed the outside of my body to represent what's on the inside. And so the wrong words are often used and that can be really painful and very, very damaging. And I think the media are getting much better now at being educated to use the right words. Coming up in episode two, we hear more from Fox Fisher about his transition from female to male. I couldn't imagine myself becoming an old woman. Like when I was thinking about myself, like in the future, or or maybe at my own funeral, people being there saying, you know, reminiscing about my life perhaps and being like, oh, that was a good woman and she was a great person. I was just like, ah, that's not me and that's so inauthentic. To listen to that and to check out all the other great Amnesty podcasts, go to amnesty.org.uk forward slash podcast. I'd like to say a huge thank you to all the people who contributed to this episode, and thanks to you for listening.